We all need encouragement, motivation, and inspiration in our life. Each week, Patty will interview guests who will motivate and inspire you through their unique personal and professional experiences. I listen, my mom listens, pretty much the whole family. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. It's drastically changed my life. All of your senses will wake up as you listen to this scrumptious podcast that is sure to tickle your eardrums. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Wake Up with Patty Catter starts now. I am very happy to have Dan Dwyer on the show with me this morning. And this is Patty with Wake Up with Patty Catter. Um, I have a couple announcements this morning, which I normally don't do before the show, but I'm going to start doing that. Um, First of all, I wanted to say congratulations to Valerie for winning the $15 Starbucks gift card on the last um, live episode. And also, you can see I'm wearing a Camp Comeback shirt today. Um, We have nine more shirts to sell before we hit our goal this month of making $500 um, basically profit for Camp Comeback. So we need nine people to purchase a Camp Comeback shirt. So think about that. You can go to campcomeback.org or I can give you the link after the show. Um, Next, people have been asking me about when the apparel line is going to launch and it's still on schedule for the week of July 4th. So I'm very happy about that. Um, But we're going to jump right into this podcast and this interview with Dan. Dan, how are you this morning? Hey, good morning, Patty. I'm fine. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I always love having you on the show. (laughs) So many of you have seen Dan before, and he is my business mentor. He is a fantastic individual. He's a good friend as well. And Dan has talked about different things on the show, but we really never were able to get into the nitty gritty of who Dan is. And I want to do that. Dan is very humble. He doesn't put himself out there a whole lot. So I'm going to do that for him today because I believe more people should be like Dan and know more about Dan. So Dan, thank you for opening up and um, sharing some things with us this morning. Absolutely. All right. So I would love it if you could tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself and where you grew up, first of all. Yeah. So I grew up in central Indiana, a city, um, the city of Martinsville, uh, which is just south of Indianapolis and uh, north of Bloomington, um, home of a famed basketball coach, John Wooden. And I grew up in the, uh, I grew up there in the 70s and 80s. So, so if you remember the 70s, everything was so quaint, you know, happy, smiling people, usually a yard with kids, maybe the lawn getting a mode, uh, you know, dad that looks proud of his, of his family, mom fussing over the children and so on. You know, then came the 80s, people walking busily along their jobs and in power suits and talking on cell phones the size of a briefcase. So, you know, I, uh, I lived in an environment where it was free to roam the streets. I didn't own a phone. I didn't own a watch. I looked at the direction of the sun and figured that it was close to dinner time. And if I didn't get home for dinner, away from the city park playing basketball or hanging out with the guys or on the ball fields, then I'd probably miss dinner. So that was that was my livelihood or childhood, and I, I wouldn't replace it. Mm-hmm. And you you grew up though with your aunt, correct? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my twin brother Dave and I uh, grew were raised by our aunt and uncle. After our mother passed away, they took legal guardianship of us, and uh, it was probably the, you know, things happen for a purpose, and it's probably one of the best things that ever happened in our lives. 
and they took us in at a time where uh, their their three uh, children were were out of the house. So they're 93 and 90 today, respectively. Been married over 70 years. So uh, my twin brother Dave uh, uh, joined the Navy. I I went the Army route, and uh, like most twins, you're always being compared and contrasted. So we. Uh, we, we went separate routes and the military served as the very best platform uh, for the success that we've, we've both uh, mutually uh, shared today. I can imagine that you probably poke at each other a little bit because of the different branches. Is that right? Or no, not really. Uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of bleed purple. It's kind of funny. You look at the shirt I'm wearing today. You'd think it was a Navy uh, camouflage cover, but uh, yeah, jokingly, you know, army Navy uh, time comes around. Uh, not so much with Dave, but with his his wife uh, Julia, who's a Annapolis grad, Naval Academy grad. But it's it's a, it's all it's all in fun. Mm -hmm. We have we have a shared respect for for all who serve, uh, past and and present. Mm -hmm. And why did you feel compelled to join the military? Um, The thought of joining the military probably came really early when I was 10 or 11 years old, around 1976, when my, my aunt and uncle's youngest son joined right out of high school. Uh, he, had, he had been recruited by a Vietnam veteran who was decorated, well-decorated, developed some fluency in Vietnamese, and he, he was sort of impressionable to me. Of course, this was 76, but so this was just at the you know post-Vietnam uh, era. So... Uh, that impression, years later as a high school junior, I made the decision uh, knowing that uh, obviously the, the end game was always to go to college, but uh, I made the decision to go into a delayed entry program for 11 months before graduating. And for me and my brother, uh, the military provided us, you know, both a platform for, for future success. Uh, our aunt and uncle, we felt owed us nothing and did not have the means, you know, for paying for college and and we didn't have a high school guidance counselor that was equipped or knowledgeable at the time enough to point me uh, correctly to the service academy. So mm -hmm. it all worked out well, but that's that's where the idea first came. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny, um, this is a tad bit off topic, yeah. but I was talking to a recruiter yesterday and he right. said that they're kind of struggling fi to find recruits right now because think about it, they used to go into the schools, the malls to find these young people and everything shut down right now. Um, so I'm actually going to be interviewing him very soon on the show. Um, well, I have great admiration for young uh, women and, and men who choose, uh, you know, the same route to, to join the military today. If you think about it, Afghanistan 2002, Iraq 2003, they've grown up uh, in a nation at war. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, there's no hidden surprises. The expectations are there, no matter the service. Um, they know that when they're joining, they raise their right hand and, and take that oath. Um, they are they are joining an organization much bigger than them. Mm -hmm. Family definitely turns yep. into family. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Oh, here's a question. I'm I'm cheating this morning. I have this little cheat sheet of questions. Um, usually, I just fly by the seat of my pants, but. Um, so one of the questions that I have is, mm -hmm. I know that you were green to gold, right? Yeah, and yeah. a lot of people may not know what that is. So I, 
think it would be awesome if you could explain a little bit about what is green to gold when you're talking military. Yeah, so there are multiple uh, ways in, you, in which you can commission in, uh, across our services. Um, the service academy is, uh, is just one. ROTC, uh, our Reserve Officer Training Corps, is a second. And that's where you typically find your green to gold uh, uh, candidates. Green to gold is, is, is when an enlisted person like myself, um, uh, either before or right at their, their end of term of service, they, they naturally transition into, uh, into college and specifically to an ROTC program. Uh, ROTC programs take candidates right out of high school, but they also take you know, seasoned, more seasoned veterans who, who aspire to be commissioned officers as well. So that's, that's, a, that's a program that's really served our military very well. Uh, over the time, and, and I think we'll continue. Um, I'm a big believer, uh, no matter the service, that uh, our young men and women should follow their passions early in life. And I was, uh, you know, my, my goal was always to go to college. The uh, first four years in the Army really served me well as a crypt analyst. And uh, I, I knew uh, probably, probably around my third year as a soldier that I, I planned on uh, you know, continuing through a green to gold uh, program. Mm -hmm. Now, um, what was one of the hardest things that you had to decide in the military? Believe it or not, the, the hardest decision yet really probably the smartest was to leave the military at a time when they were, when they weren't not, they weren't ready for me to leave. So, uh, I served a, a total of 22, 23 years. I always judged my time in the military, not by the rank or position that I attained, but leaving with what I came in with, right? So, and as I got older and hopefully wiser, my mindset changed to believing that our true legacy in life was our family, not our job or our vacation. And I've developed this mindset through a reflection uh, and sometimes failure, right? Failing as a husband, failing as a parent, there, there were too many instances to count when I placed my own interests or career ambitions ahead of my wife and, and son's sacrifice. So uh, guilty, perhaps, of having an undisciplined pursuit for more versus a disciplined pursuit for less. But uh, through consistent priority management of, of myself, you know, I found that you can have what I call work-life integration. Um, you know, people refer to it as work-life balance. I, I look at it differently. I look at it as work-life integration. Work is part of life. And and I didn't fail too badly because both my sons are serving today. So they grew up in, in the Army. So they're both uh, serving very well. And we're, we're proud of them. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I did not give you this question before the show. Yeah. What is one of your greatest accomplishments? Would you say, I overall, over everything that you've ever done, as far as your career goes, what would you say would be the greatest thing that you feel most proud of, maybe? Um, there, there are many instances. There are many instances where I have great pride in, in people that I've been able to influence or lead and they've gone on to, to very successful lives, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's something that I don't, you know, I don't believe that I solely 
contributed to, but I, my, my thought on leadership is it's not, um, it is both learned and innate, but the best way to learn leadership is observing leaders in our natural habitat and identifying those things that you want to copy or emulate versus those things you certainly want to do, don't want to do. And I, I, I would like to think that in many cases I served as the very best example uh, for those, uh, both my supervisors, my peers, and, and those I've led. So I think that's probably what I'm proud about. I, I, I really enjoy it. Social media allows us to do this, to see how people have progressed uh, through life, different seasons of life, and, and continue to be um, great soldiers, great veterans, great citizens of our society. Mm-hmm. And those of you who don't know Dan, he is a huge motivator. He has a Facebook group. And could you give our listeners um, information on where your Facebook group is located? Yeah, yeah. So my group is really, it's focused on a, a very niched audience, right? And, and that's our veteran entrepreneurs. Um, it's, it's dedicated to the boots to business advancement of veteran entrepreneurs. Um, Today, um, when many of our young men and women and old, and old men and women you know, take off the uniform, sometimes they don't wanna work uh, for anybody, they wanna work for themselves. And uh, there are some challenges uh, that, that certainly can be um, surpassed and, and, uh, and worked through, especially if you served in a position or a job in the military where you know, the business acumen wasn't always there, right? When I talk about business acumen, I'm really talking about human capital management, which most military leaders uh, do pretty well. Financial management can be challenging if you didn't do do much of that in the military because you're given a budget and you execute it. And, and technology management, and we've grown up with technology, so we're a little bit more technologically savvy uh, through, through every year of our life. But uh, you know, I, uh, I work with a lot of uh, veterans to make sure that they re- remove all that fear and self-doubt and, uh, and, and have a solid plan outside uh, of the military uh, in their business endeavors uh, as they did, you know, in the military, you know, doing, doing mission planning. So um, it's something I enjoy uh, to do. It, it's a way to give back. I do it for ideological reasons. I mean, there's three things that motivate us in life. It's money, social and emotional uh, motivation and ideological motivations. And largely my work with, uh, with veterans is, is the latter. Now, again, those of you who don't know Dan, um, you don't know that Dan actually leads by example, and that's huge. I've met generals from the military. I've met presidents. I've met a lot of people and um, you always hear somebody being called a leader, but I believe a leader is somebody who shows by example what to do and they don't try to dictate your life. (laughs) So um, Dan is an amazing leader and he's been a great role model to me and many others. Um, One thing I like about him is I'll, I'll go to him and I'll say, Hey, you know, I have this question. What do you think I should do? And he always turns it back around and he says, well, what do you think you should do? <laughs> and we kind of talk it out. He doesn't say you need to do this, this, and this. 
he says, if I were you, I might do this or this or this. How do you feel about that? And we kind of talk it through. So um, Dan is an amazing mentor as well. So if you're a veteran and you want in that group, we can be sure to um, share that link with you. Dan, what is your website for um, the veterans? So vetabizlife.com is the website. It's, it's pretty simple. All the branding is, is, is associated with, you know, veterans to business, you know, and it's, it's a life, right? It's a lifestyle. Um, if it's, if it's not, you're probably not all in. So, um, you know, nine out of 10, uh, 10 businesses or startups, uh, fail. Uh, I'm all about reversing that trend when it comes to veterans and, uh, and we've been pretty successful. Mm -hmm. You've been very successful. What What else do you do besides help veterans? What are you doing in your spare time right now? I use that term loosely. Yeah, so I've done a couple of things since I took off the uniform. Uh, in December of 2006, I was called to Washington, D.C. to help write the surge plan for Iraq. Uh, worked with a great group of, uh, uh, of people with the American Enterprise Institute. Uh, since then, I've done, I've worked several military strategy uh, efforts uh, to make sure that we we em employ our, our our military national strategy in in, in most positive ways. Um, I told myself after I took off the uniform that I was going to continue to contribute to the war fighter as, as the best I can. So over the the course of the last uh, twelve to Wow, it's been almost 14 years. Um, I've been involved in making sure that the requirements uh, um, for our satellite-based situational awareness system um, are delivered to the capability that our, our warfighter uh, uh, wants and needs. Uh, that that simple uh, system for when I was in uniform was called Blue Force Tracker. I was involved in the uh, development of uh, Joint Capabilities Release, which is a third generation of that system and, and Joint Battle Command platform. Um, and, to, and today, uh, one of the reasons why I'm in Huntsville, Alabama, I moved here over a year ago from Colorado Springs is to largely for ideological reasons, continue to make sure that the very best capabilities are provided to the warfighter in the next evolution of mounted mission command platform. So all, all things uh, that I enjoy doing and, uh, and, you know, the greatest benefit has been able to provide an unprecedented situational awareness capability to our warfighter. If you think about it, we're always the visiting team. So anytime you can see where you are with respect to the most current geospatial products, map data and imagery uh, with respect to your buddies, which are those blue icons superimposed uh, on, on those maps and imagery and with respect to the enemy locations, that's those red icons, uh, which, you know, traditionally or historically has been uh, placed on a map with a pin and, and reported in, you know, by radio uh, today, it's it's largely digital because of the operational need for a non-line of sight uh, celestial capability. Those are powerful capabilities, and and uh, and I, I'm fortunate to lead a team of engineers uh, who who take great pride in the ability to provide a capability to our warfighters that allows them to deploy um, 
conduct their mission and return home safely. You know, that's what it's all about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, what would you tell people who are interested in starting a business during these crazy times? I hate even saying that. Um, Ken will say, why do you, you know, why do you say these crazy times or these trying times? But really, um, there's a pandemic, there's um, some politics that are kind of crazy right now. Um, and for me, even, I was a little bit apprehensive of starting my business during this time in our nation's history. Um, but what would you tell people who are considering um, starting their business right now? I tell them to do it. You know, social capital is is key to uh, veteran entrepreneur success. It's you know, it's nice to think that entrepreneurship is a merit- meritocracy, but much of an entrepreneur's success comes down to to both who you know and who knows you, right? So, mm-hmm. what allows our veterans uh, to be successful entrepreneurs, it, it's not passion or grit or any of uh, those other buzzwords we frequently hear. It's the sum of of multiple personality traits plus the value of our network, right? So uh, personality personality traits that allow entrepreneurs to be successful is, you know, shape shift, you know, the ability to move into different roles depending on what needs to be done. Uh, the ability to co-evolve and to understand collective impact and to, and to see new opportunities as they present themselves. Mm-hmm. The ability, especially today uh, under these uh, under these conditions, the ability to transform and reframe uh, the situation to find opportunity and meaning and in, in turmoil. You know, a lot of our event organizing organizers are doing that today. I've spent uh, countless hours over the last three months working with organizations who were ill-prepared uh, in the area of crisis communications planning, you know, and communicating effectively, not only internally with their own team members, but externally with their consumers clients, um, customers, stakeholders, and just be adaptful, right? And and something our veterans do very well uh, is adapt and to be resourceful and, and mobilizing resources and stay flexible. You know, these traits go beyond, you know, passion, hope, and determination. They're the qualities that allow business owners to thrive in, in challenging situations like these. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Um... Let's see. Have you learned anything that you can share with our listeners um, that helped you during trying times? Because a lot of our listeners right now are going through different trying times, either financially, um, emotionally. Some of them are having some health problems. What's something that you can give them um, to kind of walk away with as far as some encouragement? Yeah, so... In times like these, you have to maintain control of what you can control and and love those who really need your love, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if it's a family member going through a hard time, uh, family members need one another and saying the right words is one of the most important things we can do when our loved ones are struggling. You know, ideas to consider include, you know, thank you for all you do for us, but now it's time to take care of yourself, you know, as well. Uh, remind a, a family member of something very kind he or she did for you. Sometimes, you know, gratitude is just simply, I'm proud of you. And, and you know, my job is to make your life easier right now. This is how I'm, I'm going to do it, right? Um, 
with friends, you know, friends aren't just people we share fun times with. They're also the people we may turn to when life is difficult like today, right? And that's really where you can clearly identify who, who your true friends are. You, if you know a friend would like to hear from you right now, get in touch to share, you know, a, a message of some sort, right? I've been very intentional and purposeful over the last several months and reaching out to people that I haven't reached out to in a long time. And that's, and that's just really to do an asthma check and to check in with them. But, you know, uh, messages like, I hate that you're going through this, but I know that you've got this, you know, that are reassuring message that messages that say you, you've got a lot on your plate. Can we set a time to chat every week, you know, just to get them uh, some balance in their lives. Um, messages that say, remember when you were there for me, it's my turn to do the same for you, right? Those, those are all things. And you're my best friend. Helping in any way I can is my top priority right now. And, and, and I think, you know, whether it's a family member, a friend, or a, an acquaintance or a colleague who's going through a rough patch, there's things that we can do, uh, but we have to be very intentional and purposeful about it. Mm -hmm. I know. I like it when you just um, comment positive things on different people's statuses. For instance, I can't remember off the top of my head exactly what you said the other day, but it was so nice and it was really encouraging. And um, I appreciate that. And I know everybody who knows you appreciates that very much about you as well. Um, I have one more question. What is your favorite quote or do you have any favorite quotes? Favorite quotes. You know, I, there are a lot of quotes that I really enjoy, especially right now. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the movie Cool Runnings, right? Mm -hmm. And I think I shared this with you previously. You know, if people don't know what that is, uh, that movie is, it's a 1993 um, you know, American comedy uh, sports film for Jamaican bobsledders, right? Dream of competing in the in the Winter Olympics despite never having, you know, seen snow. Um, the quote exactly, if I remember right, is desire a gold medal is a wonderful thing, but if you're not enough without it, you'll never be enough with it. And uh, it what that tells us is it doesn't matter if your flavor is writing, singing, being an entrepreneur, a podcaster, or any other field where possible, where people seem to have, you know, insane work ethics. If you don't love the work for its own sake, if you're always trying to reach the next goal, uh, just so you can feel successful, uh, just so you can have that status. And, you know, people, and we talked about this, people know me, I'm not into the freaking vanity metrics he's uh, not i had to tell him like dan we need to talk about you <laughs> but you're going to end up inside right mm -hmm. uh, you're going to end up very empty inside and if you can't honestly answer why you're trying to hit the next goal it's it's time to take a look in the mirror and ask um what's all the grind for right mm -hmm. we could do a separate interview or a show simply on the topic of the you know diminishing returns of achievement and the fallacy of the endless hustle but uh, but yeah, I think, you know, desire a gold medal is a wonderful thing, but if you're not enough without it, you'll never be enough with it. Uh, it it's pretty telling and, and apropos today. Yeah, I think because of people like you in my life, um, I'm thankful to have learned that 
several years ago. I wish I had learned it earlier though in life. I think a lot of young people um, have a heavy weight on their shoulders to try to compete with everybody else. And they're not realizing the reasons why they're actually, you know, why they should try to better themselves. It's not for everybody else or status. So. Well, you um, said the, the word that you said there was, that was telling was compete. You know, if you look at it, if you look at these things as competition, then, then it will be challenging, but I'm a big advocate of, you know, taking words like conflict and competition and, and replacing them with words like conversation and collaboration. And uh, I think there's, there's plenty of goodness uh, and rewards in all of our lives that we don't have to be conflicting or, or compete against each other. Mm -hmm. I think it's important. Yes. I think it's important to compliment each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Recently, uh, there was somebody who wanted me to compete um, in something and it's just not me. I don't, Mm -hmm. I think that we need to really compliment each other right now, especially um, because so many people are struggling right now. It's so important to lift other people up. And you know what? I think people feel better too at least I do. When I lift somebody else up, I feel a lot better lifting them up than trying to like lift myself up because that gets boring. <laughs> uh, Dan, thank you so much for being on the show again. And you know, I'm, I'll have you on a, as a repetitive guest. Um, Dan has been an amazing encourager to me and to so many other people. And I'm just so proud to have you in my life and to know you. Um, if you could just go ahead and give everybody your social media contact, that would be great. Yeah. So uh, obviously my website is, uh, or my email is dan at vettabizlife.com. My website is vettabizlife.com. I primarily use um, four different social media mediums. It's, it's uh, Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, and, and LinkedIn. Um, I think maybe I'm too old for Snapchat and TikTok and all these other things, but uh, I uh, want to see you do a TikTok. That would be yeah. fun. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> that that's not happening. So, um, but those 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 four mediums and uh, and uh, you know I use social media largely. I you know I call it the you know, in the modern day smoke break. I, I don't live on it, but. Uh, but uh, when I when I do get on it, I, I you know, I'm very responsive to, to people, meaning that I pay more attention to notifications than I do, you know, scrolling through the homepage and and up and down, because that can be pretty time intensive. Yes. Um, but I also, um, you know, try to, as you suggest, you know, motivate people in in, in positive ways, um, especially in times like these. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, thank you again for being on the show and thank you everybody for tuning in. You'll be able to listen to this podcast on every major podcast platform, um, probably in about two weeks if you missed this, or you can go back and watch the video if you're on my Facebook. Um, But everybody have a great weekend and thank you again, Dan, for being on the show. I really appreciate you and everybody be sure to check Dan out. He is one of the most amazing, encouraging, motivating people you will ever meet. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Patty. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. Be sure to visit www.pattycatter.com for the latest podcasts, articles, and swag. Also, be sure to follow Patty on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Patty Catter. At Patty Catter.